Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life from music, career, family, relationships, and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that are sometimes hard to have. Well, we're not afraid to have those conversations right here. Join me as we spill tea on every conversation you ever thought about, dreamed about, or whispered about. Hey, y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. Welcome back, you guys. It is definitely time for some tea. I want to thank you first for sharing your time, your space, and your energy with me today. Earlier this week, I read an article on Forbes, and it said that owning physical objects such as property is one of the most volatile, temporary, and elusive kind of power there is. But it's very real, and it's the strongest power of all. And today I have with me Miss Carla Jones-Wilson, who is not only a real estate attorney, but also a real estate coach. And she is going to spill some tea on the importance of home ownership, but also her coaching program that can help you use real estate to build not just wealth for today, but wealth for future generations to follow. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Makita. I appreciate it. Yes, yes. I'm so happy to be here on your platform. I know you've been serving others. And uh, this is just a really great platform to do that. It is. And we know what? We love spilling tea. We talk about self-care. But you know what? One of the most important parts of self-care is not just, you know, showing up for ourselves in that physical sense, but also how we take care of ourselves outside of that. And property, owning something and building something is all about, you know, who you are as well and showing up as your authentic self. And I think what you're doing is commendable. And people, I think, are really starting to understand the importance of owning property and how that can transform generational wealth to come. Yeah, exactly. It is something I'm definitely passionate about. Um, I've been in the real estate industry now for 18 years, like you said, as a real estate attorney. I'm also a realtor and a real estate coach. And I found that, you know, especially in the minority populations, Sometimes there can be a, uh, you know, a barrier in order to get home ownership. And um, one of my goals is to educate people that home ownership is, is, is actually pretty easy. The main thing is if you have all your qualifications, such as your, um, you know, your credit score, your debt to income and just a little bit of money saved up, you actually can get into a home. It's really simple. Um, and the main thing is to making sure that people are really educated about all the things that need they need to take in order to actually become a homeowner. And right now, especially the way the market is, there's such a high demand for homes right now. Um, the cost of residential uh, rentals are going up and they're basically the same amount, if not more than what you would pay if you had a mortgage, if you owned a home. So that's why I really I'm definitely passionate about making sure that people, you know, look at home ownership as a way to build wealth. The longer you're in a property, the more wealth you'll actually build due to the equity that, um, you know, is raised as you're in that home and that home appreciates. And that's why I'm just, again, very passionate about real estate and helping people build wealth with real estate. So how did you, did you always want to do um, real estate? Like how did you transition into that journey 
and to helping other people. I actually fell in, into it. I um, started out as an industrial engineer out of college. I went to Purdue um, for my undergrad, ran track when I was there, and I worked as an engineer for seven years. And during that time that I was an engineer, I found out that I really wasn't passionate about it. So I decided to go to law school. And in the midst of going to law school, I um, got my master's of law in tax. And my first job um, out of law school was with a law firm that represented a lot of real estate developers, investors, and business owners that bought and sold real estate. And so that's how I really got into the real estate industry. And, you know, just seeing the investors that were making tons and tons of money with real estate. My husband and I started doing some real estate investment and we saw that it was a great way to, um, you know, again, build wealth. And and the good thing with re- with real estate is something that you can pass down to your generation. You don't have to just keep it you know, within, you know, your immediate family, but you can pass it down to other generations. So that was one of the things that really appealed to me. And I saw all these developers and investors making so much money, like the deals we did were multimillion dollar deals. So, you know, just being exposed to that and really having the inside track, and inside knowledge of it, it really opened up my eyes to see how real estate is such a wonderful investment um, and that I need to make sure that not only I was a part of it, but others needed to be a part of it as well. Yes. And I feel like home ownership and like you say, especially for minorities, now we're coming into more of the importance of why, you know, there's so much power there. It's such a lucrative yes. thing to be in. But like you said, yes. you're, you're building something there too. And your your kids get to watch you. So if you have kids, you can teach them. So, you know, they are more financially literate when it comes to real estate. Yeah, what, that's exactly what we did with our kids. We've got two boys and um, our youngest one was just born right when we were starting to invest in real estate. So our oldest son, he at the time, he was probably about three or four. Um, and my youngest was a baby. So they were able to both see us, you know, uh, buying these investment properties, uh, fixing them up, renting them out. Um, and we bought like during two, two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. So it was during the time where the bubble burst for real estate. Um, but but the fact that we were able to take that that we were initially trying to flip and turn it into an investment property, more rental, you know, it really did, you know, um, allow us to have, you know, income coming in each month that we otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. Okay. So for, cause there are a lot of people that, are, that may be interesting, like, you know, I, I really want to get into real estate. I want to, you know, start, you know, purchasing properties. What would be the first step for them to really, I know one of the things is, you know, as you said, mentioned earlier, savings and getting that financial debt and all that. But how should they approach this? So really, I mean, there's a lot of different key things that they can do. Um, they can either um, go on Google and, you know, look at different ways that they can either become a real estate investor or even same thing with home ownership. They can um, hire a realtor to help them understand somebody like me to kind of guide them through the steps that they can hire a real estate coach again like me. Um, to really guide them through. But the main thing is, is really, um, if they have, you know, a little bit of money saved up, even if it's $5,000, um, if they're, um, in the event of investment purposes, they would want to form an entity, whether it be an LLC or a corporation to hold and buy and hold, um, the, uh, real estate investment. 
So then the other thing they would need to do is making sure that their debt to income ratio and their credit um, was pretty good, as well as get a lender, a really good mortgage broker that can help them, you know, get the money to actually acquire the property. And I have lots of access to different types of mortgage brokers, but that's really, those are really the main areas. If they can focus on those things um, initially as they're getting started, they will be basically be able to, you know, to get going and have some guidance. Yes. And I, I like the fact that you, you mentioned, you know, having those key people in place in the very beginning, like you said, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, a real estate coach, but having someone to kind of guide you along that process. But tell tell us, like, why is it so important to have these people here? You know, the real estate coach or someone there? Yeah, really. I mean, especially if you're new into this particular industry, whether you're doing a, having a career in real estate as either an investor or a realtor or, you know, even on the home ownership side, if you have someone guiding you to help you make the right decisions, um, because it really does cost if you make a mistake, you know, you may end up owing way more money than what you want to. But a coach will basically, you know, guide you. So you're not going to make any mistakes that's going to cost you a lot of money. And sometimes in real estate, you can make some mistakes that, you know, could have legal consequences. And the last thing you want to do is to be in a legal bind because you, you know, did something that you weren't supposed to. And it caused harm that you didn't really realize could be, you know, an issue. So that's why I always say, you know, if you have good people behind you, um, you're going to come out really great. I know with me personally, as I, you know, got started in this industry, I had, you know, I had some guides as well. And like I said, I had the advantage of being a real estate attorney. So with that background, it really allowed me to have a huge network of people that I could reach out to. Yes. And then understanding what do you what are you doing with the real estate? Because, you know, some people, like you say, they, they want to hold on it for, for a couple of years and then they want to flip it. But you have to make sure that the property that you're looking for or that you're about to invest in is really a good investment that you can actually flip later on, whether it's just land or if it's, you know, you're buying a house that you want to do a fixer upper on, you know, and want to really understand what the market looks like and how you can, you know, if it's really a good investment that will turn out to be if you're trying to make a profit later on. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about it is on the investment side, it's more of uh, about the numbers. If the numbers work, yes, do it. But on the home ownership side, it's more, it's more of a feeling or, or a, um, a love or an emotional connection to a home on the, when you're buying it to be a homeowner. So a guide or a coach can kind of help you realize, you know, what, like you said, what your motivation is. If you're, if you're looking to buy a home to live in it, your motivation is going to be completely different than if you're looking for a property that you're going to invest. So, uh, you know, again, having your team involved with, with a team, you're going to, you may use a different type of lender if you're going to do investment versus home ownership, because they typically are looking for different things and they work with different types of, um, you know, people, uh, you know, to get them qualified a little bit differently, you know, because typically on the investment side, you know, because you may have to form an entity for that, you know, you, there are some documentation that you need to have. So those lenders will kind of help guide you to uh, what you need to do in order to report on the investment side. But again, if you're looking for home ownership, the mortgage lender is going to work with you a little bit differently 
um, and require different types of documentation. Okay. And we talked, we briefly talked about, we mentioned um, about renting versus home ownership. And like you said, the cost of renting a home is sometimes just as much, if not more than what you would be paying for your mortgage. And some people, I don't know if they really realize that like you're, you're putting like, you're giving somebody else like all of this money for something that will never be yours. If something ever happened to you, your kid can't keep that, that, that rented house, that rented apartment, you know, especially if they're young, there's nothing you can pass down to them that they could do some with later, but there is, there is power. And it's so important that we really start looking into owning our homes. That is correct. And one thing, a good analogy on buying a home or renting I look at if you are if you have a car that you're leasing versus a car that you're buying with a lease, you pay all this money each month and you have to give it back after a certain number of years. Apartments, the exact same way. There's no write off. There's no tax advantage for you unless you're a business versus, you know, if you buy the car, you do at least own that. And it's an asset. So any money or any appreciation or even depreciation, you know, you still own that and it's considered an asset with a home. So yes. Yes. What is one of the biggest myths that you find when most people come to you about, you know, owning ownership that you really have to get them to work past? Like, is there anything that kind of sticks out for you? Yeah, I would say just the process. No, it's a pretty straightforward process when you're buying a home right now, especially in this market. The first thing you want to do is get pre-approved. You know, if you're pre-approved, that means you are ready to move forward because right now in this market, because there's, uh, you know, so few homes on the market and the competition is high, you want to make sure that you're in the game and to get in the game, you need to be ready. You know, that means if you have your pre-approval um, and it shows that you are ready to go, you know, with the loan and you have, you know, even if you have $5,000 to put down on the home, that's enough to really get started, you know, depending on the type of loan that you get. So I would say that that that's probably the biggest hurdle for people and the myth that they think that I can't buy a home because I don't have enough save. You know, again, if you've got good, decent credit and you've got, you know, um, at least five thousand dollars. And if you have a pre-approval with a lender, you know, more for the most part, you need to be able to qualify to go ahead and buy a home. OK. And some people are concerned that, you know, like you said, the market is really high. Like they feel like, you know, houses, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago versus now that one house was maybe 150,000. Now it's 300 or $400,000. And they, you know, they feel like, how am I going to get this, you know, get this home when everything seems to be jumping up and, you know, really price wise. And that's one thing that I will say is right now, interest rates for mortgage loans are still relatively low. Um, they're still at all time lows, even though they've been going up a little bit. So that means because the interest rate is low, you can actually afford more home than what you think. You know, um, now, if the interest rates were super high, that really does limit the amount of purchasing power that you have, um, because as the rate goes up, your monthly payment is going to go up. But if the rates are lower, your monthly payment is going to be lower. That's the thing that people don't really realize. Um, and that's why I say now it's still a good time to buy a home because interest rates are still pretty low. Okay. 
Yeah, I remember when I first bought my home, interest rates were like seven and eight percent, which is really high, you know, versus now it's like three and a half to four and a half percent, which is really low. Okay. So what we're saying is don't get discouraged by, you know, how much, you know, the house may be kind of look at what the interest rate is and know that you're not actually being priced out of it. That's correct. Right. Exactly. And another thing at the end of the day, um, typically the expenses that you spend on your home, your closing costs, your real estate taxes, um, your mortgage insurance, all of that is actually deductible um, on your taxes. So because of that, you actually um, will get money back when you file for your taxes. So that money that you get back, you can take that and either put it into your mortgage payment. Um, you can do pretty much anything with that home. You can buy it to fix up your home or, you know, especially having that tax write off is a huge advantage for homeowners or even home investors or property investors. Oh, yeah, that 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 is a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. And then, you know, also whatever. If you buying a fixer up, you know, some people that love the I know I had a friend that loved buying. old. she bought her old home and they slowly fixed it up. It took them a couple of years, but they made it the way they wanted it. And um, right. that was something they could write off as well. And I think they ended up. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and they kept it in the family and they ended up, um, I think, kind of selling it to their daughter slash selling it mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. And moving into um, moving somewhere else, but yeah, and that's the beauty of own yeah, home ownership, though. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I think it's so important that people understand, um, especially um, people of color, um, that this is an investment into the future. This is an investment, not just for you, but your generations to come, and a great learning opportunity for kids and you never know who's watching you that you can, you know, also share some of that knowledge with. Oh yeah, definitely. I know on social media, I make sure as I'm working with clients, you know, and especially once they're closing or we go under contract that I share with a lot of, you know, people on social media, what's going on with my clients, because like you say, you don't know who's watching, you know, you may have someone that's out there, they're thinking about getting into a home and they need a little bit of encouragement and when they see others are doing it, because I like I love working with women, because um, one of the things, you know, my family, my mom has a lot of sisters and what I, I, I was the oldest granddaughter. So my my I always had this in my heart to make sure that I'm being an example for my other family members and my younger cousins coming up since I was the oldest granddaughter. And I felt the responsibility to lead again, lead by example. So I really push hard to make sure that women could be independent, you know, that women can have, you know, whatever they want, whatever they set their minds to. And real estate just happens to be, you know, that one area that anybody, it doesn't matter what your background is, you can be part of it. You can have, you can own home, you can own real estate. It doesn't matter, you know, um, and, and it doesn't require a degree. You know, that's another thing. You don't have to have a degree to buy property, you know, so that means anyone could buy a property just as long as you're 18 and older, right? So, you know, that's why I really push it. And you know what? Sometimes we grow up um, like my parents owned their their home, their first home together. But as I got older, I, I noticed that, you know, sometimes how we grow, how we grow up to think about home ownership, whether it was a conversation that you had with your kids or they see you owning something, then they're more likely to want to own themselves 
versus always rented or, you know, you leased and you never actually bought it, then you're more likely to be like, well, I don't understand why I should or what's the importance. And I found it very empowering when my, um, my 20 year old came to me and was like, mom, I think I'm, I think I'm going to buy a house. I'm I'm working on saving up for it. I'm like, oh, I love you. (laughs) That's amazing. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know with our kids, my boys that are older than 19 and our youngest is 16, and they've seen us, you know, um, in the real estate industry, like I said, since they were little kids, and they understand, you know, as a homeowner or even if as an real estate investor, you can do so much, you know, and just the equity that you get by um, each year as the home appreciates, you know, that money can be used for other things. You can use it to borrow against it, you know, to pay for other businesses you want. You can use it to pay for college education. Um, you can use it to renovate your own home, you know, so that equity is just really sitting there and you're you're basically your own bank if you decide to use that equity in your home. And, you know, some people use it, some people don't. But the thing of it is, even if you don't use it and you decide to sell that home, you can take that same money that you were able to make due to the appreciation of the current home to buy a bigger home, you know, and create more equity for yourself. But equity, people don't, some people don't even understand, explain to them, you know, the equity because. So equity is um, the purchase price that you pay for your home, which is typically around the market value versus um, the amount, or I should say it's the gap between the market value of your home and what your mortgage is. That means, you know, anything within that gap that you have, if it's $100, if it's $200,000, if it's $500,000, that's considered equity. So again, it's the market va- the gap between the market value and the mortgage um, that you owe on the home. That's considered equity. And that money allows you to, you know, to whether you want to borrow from that money, it's your money. Um, and it just shows the appreciation in the home that the home has, uh, has grown over, the, over time. So there's so many benefits to home ownership, so many that goes beyond a yeah, thing. Yeah. And then also, you know, part of the benefits of, of owning a home, it gives you security for your family. You know, if you have a kid, you know, you want a place that they can come home and feel secure. You know, you may be in a certain neighborhood that you like, may, whether you're in a gated community or non-gated, but it just gives you and your family a sense of security know that you have a place to go to, you know, when you get home from work, when you get home from school, you know, it's a place that you can entertain. And that's the emotional side of uh, home ownership, you know, which a lot of people, some people don't talk about, but I do, because again, that's part of that emotional feeling, you know, when you're buying a home. And I know when my husband, we first got married, um, it was important for us to have a place that our kids can, you know, wake up on Christmas morning and, you know, find gifts under the tree. You know, our goal was to make sure that they were in their home because we had that same feeling when we were growing up, opening gifts Christmas morning. We were we'd get out of bed, run downstairs. Again, that's the emotional side of home ownership. And, you know, when you own a home, you can make so many memories in that home. You know, I remember all the great things that I did in my home when I was growing up. Um, And, you know, you, you carry that feeling with you wherever you are. It is. And then you get to come back to that home and. With that are those memories and yes. thing about coming back to your childhood home and 
that comfort of familiarness and, and nostalgia is yeah. always there. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because, you know, sometimes I work with people who are downsizing their home, that it may be an older couple that, you know, all their kids are grown and now they're ready to sell their home and they want to, you know, get a smaller home because they don't need the space. Or you have families that I work with who they need a bigger space because their family is growing. They may start out with just the couple and then start having kids and they want to get a bigger home, you know, and, and part of the things that they're interested in is having a yard for their kids to play in or their dogs, you know, um, the school district is important to them and they want to make sure that the home is in the right location. Um, especially if it has access to amenities, you know, so there's a lot of different factors when you're looking to buy a home, um, you know, to live in that, you know, goes into it. And some people, you know, especially if you have a younger person who's just buying their first home, they may want to be in like a downtown space where they have, you know, more access to like the downtown living. So such as restaurants, you know, shopping or maybe their office space and they just want to walk to work. So there's so many different factors that goes into home ownership that we're looking at when we're helping you know, people decide the best place for them. Yeah. Yeah. And most homes nowadays, the kitchen is kind of like, like you said, the gathering space and it opens up into like a family room where they call it a great room. Um, so everyone can be part of the kitchen, you know, whether you're watching TV, watching a football game or in the kitchen, you're right there and you can see everyone. So that's one of the things that I've seen with a lot of the new home designs right now. And like you said, yard space. Um, we like to do a lot of stuff in the summer. So I have a big family. So when you invite one, like everyone, you know, you're inviting everyone and just having that space. Yeah. One of the things was like parking is important. <laughs> yes, exactly. Parking is so important too. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I, I encourage, you know, one of the things I will say, I encourage people if they're looking to, you know, uh, find out more information about buying a home. I do have a website that has a blog on it that they can go to. Um, and it's Carla and I'm Carla with a K, Carla Jones Wilson dot dot com. And they can at least go to the, you know, even if they're not in my area, they can see the blog that I have on there. Another way to reach me, especially if they um, people want to have a career in real estate as a realtor such as me, they can go to Coach Carla and that's Coach K A R L A JonesWilson.com to get more information about you know becoming a realtor and having a career in real estate. Awesome, and I will have all that information for you guys in the show notes as well. So. Don't get upset if you didn't have time to write it down. It will be there so you can reach out to Ms. Carla Jones-Wilson so you can learn more and just stay up to date on some of the newest things when it comes to home ownership and ways that you can either purchase your first home or maybe you're thinking about, like you say, downsizing or maybe you bought your first home when you were, you know, before kids and now you want to expand, but just, yes. just yes. doing something for you to... Um, pass down something, you know, a value that can be used. That That's so important. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yes. So thank you so much for just coming on and spilling some of that tea with us. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have to show my coffee mug. <laughs> I love the mug, you guys. I'm, I'm going to put that in the show. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Well, 
thank you for spilling some tea on the importance of buying a home and how that can create generational wealth and also how you can use the equity, you know, for different things. Like it's so important to know all the benefits and why buying power is so important. Yes, my pleasure. Anytime. If you have any other questions or if you need me back, just let me know. I'm happy to spill some more tea. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Makita. All right, you guys, it is time for some key takeaways. Now, that was a lot of good tea. And I hope you were able to soak up all of that good information. Whether you're already a homeowner and you're thinking about maybe upgrading your home or getting a smaller home, it doesn't matter. Or maybe you know someone that's trying to get into home ownership. One of the biggest takeaways that I got from this whole conversation was Anyone and everyone is capable of buying a home. And you don't need a million dollars in your savings account to do it. You may have to make some sacrifices and cut some things out. But when you think about the benefits of being a homeowner, when you think about what you're passing down and leaving for the future generations to come, and not only that, what you're teaching your kids, it is so important that we understand buying power. And Forbes said it best, that owning physical objects such as property, they said is one of the most volatile, temporary and elusive kind of power there is. But they also don't, they, they also said, don't get it twisted. It's very real. That power is real. You are owning something that has value. That value can appreciate with time. You own it. That means you have control over this property and everything on that property. It is yours to do with as you will. You can leave it to your kids. They can leave it to their kids. You have unknowingly created not only generational wealth, but power that You can't even begin to understand what that looks like when you continue to invest in in owning your own home. So I hope everyone really, you know, was able to absorb how you can use that power and understanding equity and how you can use equity. You know, barring against it, sending your kids to college, There's so many different things you can do. You can take that money, like she said, sell the house that you got, use the equity to buy a new house. You have power in home ownership. I I can't say that enough. Key takeaway is that it may be scary, but it's doable. There may be some sacrifices, but it's doable. You have the power to change the trajectory of your life and not just of your life, but of the future generations to come. And maybe this is not what you necessarily want, but just sharing this knowledge. Knowledge is power in itself. And when we get knowledge, it is our duty to share it, to help other people, to help build the next person. So... Whether this message was for you or you know someone that can benefit from this message, please share it. 
share what you've learned. And like you said, if you if you have some questions or some things pop up and you want to know more, Carla Jones Wilson's contact information will be in the show notes for you guys. You know, spilling tea is all about enriching the lives of the next person so that we can all be our best versions of ourselves. All right, now that is all the tea that I have today, but guess what? Join me each and every Tuesday for some new hot, delicious tea.